everyone and welcome to the Born to Fly podcast. On today's show, I'll be talking to Arjan Visser about his work in futurizing, creativity and serious play. So I'm looking forward to that. Arjan runs a multinational mastermind and consultancy. Together with his wife, Sasha, he co-founded Business Revivalist in 2013. He loves to help owners slash managers to advance their future perspective and facilitate their team's strategic dialogue. So no surprise here that he has a strong track record in boardroom facilitating and executive coaching. He helps leaders to sense and seize the opportunity amidst chaos through futurizing, strategy development, and problem solving. His focus is to revive ownership in business, learning and leadership, and equip the generations for the creative age to come. He lives by the belief that everyone is a leader, and I agree, and creativity is an expression of identity. Arjan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, Arjan, tell us a little bit more. Things we have to know about you, about Business Revivalist. That's such a broad question. <laughs> uh, first thing that drops in my mind is that it's just a crazy ride. It's an adventure. Just jumping into entrepreneurship from years or in the consultancy employment role or looking back, it was definitely different than I expected. Uh, How much so? better. Well, stress levels are in different areas of life that I didn't know that exist. Uh, and the same way, freedom is there in just doing your thing during daytime, uh, which is really amazing if you compare it to employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine myself going back. So, but that God knows. Uh, but I definitely, it's not on my wish list to go back. And well, one of the things of, of stress levels that there is such a deep learning curve in being self-employed and then starting to run multiple businesses. And every time through reflection, I'm amazed that there has been growth because in the process, I tend to miss that. But when I look back, and just like recent reflection was that actually I'm not waking up anymore with a to-do list in my head. Like I just wake up with, oh, this is what I want to do. And not necessarily like, oh, there are all these other things that I didn't finish last week, which is actually giving another level, another experience of freedom. Is it basically knowing what your priorities are, knowing where you're heading to? Is that making a difference compared to, for example, when you first started out and you're like, okay, I have this massive to-do list. Where do I start? Because you didn't have a clear vision or am I just assuming here? (laughs) Well, yes, it has to do with clarity about the direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it also has to do uh, external voices, which could be people around us or just culture or external expectation. Mm -hmm. They are less strong, uh, which probably means that the inner voice is getting louder. And and that that intuition, that God connection, that really defines who I am, who I want to become. And I, I learned to listen more to that. How? How were you able to exclude all the noise from outside and listen to maybe Holy Spirit guiding you where to go? Well, first of all, it's recognizing that sometimes my own thinking is the Holy Spirit that sounds like me. It really helps to to understand that if it's a good thought, it is probably God instead of thinking it might be God and asking the Holy Spirit what he thinks and then trusting that the first thought that comes to mind is his. It is, it's a, it's a journey. It's learning to actually recognizing and testing if it's the Holy Spirit instead of just thinking it's 
are not a random thought. So do you start your day every day with some quiet time or prayer time? That depends on, on the, day. the season. <laughs> oh, this <Yeah>. season. <laughs> no, not it's on the season. There has been years that I, I started with just thinking of nothing, have some music uh, around me. I had to learn that quiet time actually means be still and know that I'm your God and not any activity involved in it, which based on my upbringing was a revelation in itself. Because I'm learned like, oh, yeah, you start quiet time and then you, you do something for yourself. Uh, read your Bible or pray. And I had to learn that being quiet is really like do nothing. And even put my thinking to stand still and place it on God, Jesus. And by that, also expect that immediately ideas start to flow. So it's not that I put myself to rest and think of nothing and by that... I think of nothing. Now, immediately, another flow of ideas start to take off. So basically, it's being in, in God's presence and be still and he will do the talking. I remember a quote from, I think it, Mother, it was Mother Teresa. Somebody asked like something about her faith and the connection with her and God and how she prayed. And she said, sometimes we just need to listen more. We need to be more quiet. I, I said to myself years ago, I just want to hear the Holy Spirit always and everywhere. And being quiet is my inner system and not the outer system. Because if I would be at Central Station, I would still want to hear the Holy Spirit and still want to co-labor, co-partner with the Holy Spirit. And then it's not like, oh, let, let's go find a corner, put my fingers in the air and then yeah. squeeze it out. Now it's, it's, I just want, and that, it works like that. It's a way of life. And it's not depending on my schedule or my rhythm. Like if I start with connecting and listening at the beginning of the day, then the day could go much easier. But on the other hand, life always has a surprise and then you're out of flow. Like just have three teenagers in the house, you know, everything can happen. And then my whole day preparation is uh, messed up down yeah. the drain. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like that because uh, sometimes you can teach yourself kind of, okay, this is my structure for the day. And if I don't follow that structure, then my day is going to be worse or, you know, I miss talking to God. So now he's not as close as he normally is. But that's, of course, not true because he's always there. So uh, it's good that you mentioned it. And I, I love that you you're like, well, let's see what the day is going to bring us and how it flows. And God is always near and the Holy Spirit is always in me and I can always ask for help. But yeah, so let's let's talk about your business as well, Business Revivalist, because I know you do such an amazing thing. And I want the listeners to know more about that, about futurizing and everything that you do. Yeah, well, it was a it was a journey. Uh, also the name. In 2013, we rebranded our business to Business Revivalist. God gave me permission to, to do some kind of a training, but he said, you have to change your name. And actually, I was surprised. Uh, we were about a year and a half in business, and uh, it always has been a covert business. Like, I've always been pulled into overtly, and then every time it was, no, that's not your place. So when God said, call it business revivalist, I thought, sounds like a ministry. <laughs> and, and he said, it wasn't. So I had to rebrand it. But it took quite some time before I said, like, this is my, my first trade name. That took more than a few years. And actually, when, when I was contracted by the government, 
someone said, what does it mean? And I, I stumbled a little bit and he said, does it mean that you bring back life into our business? I said, yes, that's it. But it started with that I was working mainly as a strategy management consultant, helping in, in the architecture, structure, sides of business models and, and how the, the, the organization was structured. And from that, it grew mainly into strategy. And two years ago, it was like Holy Spirit said, now it's time to change your job title and change it to futurist. For me, futurist is someone that equips in understanding the future. So actually, it's it's like equipping someone to understand it for themselves. So that's not listening to someone to say like this technology, that technology, because it's mainly technology. So like think of what artificial intelligence can do for your business. That's not futurizing. That's just doing a trend analysis. So I started to call myself a human-centered futurist to actually highlight that the human perspective is really at the center when we look at the future and of course with christians i get all these dialogues like are you a humanist why well you put the human at the center jesus should be at the center and i said i don't think i agree because when i read my bible jesus is the way he's the truth he's the life but nowhere was said he's the center when i look to, to the bible and the whole story i see that god chose man to be the center and have dominion and jesus came to restore the way to the father from god's perspective he put us as being human in the center of his creation and that's such a fascinating aspect if we look today into innovation and, and also a future where always the process or technology is placed in the center which of course if technology takes over which is not my future perspective i believe the humans are, are placed bring everything into submission. Well, I wanted to say it was God who, who placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and said to them, like, rule the world, right? Multiply. So we should steward the things that we get and the things that we see around us, I guess. But I just wonder, because I hear you talking, you said, okay, it's not how should you run your business with AI, you know, in the future. So what is futurizing? Can you elaborate on that? Well, yeah, futurizing. Well, futurizing, I would say, like, we all have our known five senses, but we also have what we call our spirit connection. Like, my spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit-spirit connection with God. And out of that, we sense the future. And some have it in discernment, some have it in the prophetic. But if I bring it just down to earth, gut feeling, intuition, we all sense the things that are not yet here. And quantum physics calls that the future and the galaxy is extending, driven by audio. Well, I guess whose voice that is. Mm -hmm. So there is something in us that, um, that senses what's coming our way. And that's simply you think of someone and that person calls you. We all have such an experience once or twice in our life, maybe a little bit more, or we think of someone and then around the corner, we meet that person. That's not coincidence. That's sensing the future. Uh, in science, they call that that you understand the emerging future. The, our strongest innovative force we have, superpower we have is our tongue. So if we want to change the future, then we should change the conversation. So those two things change the conversation 
and having a perspective based on what you sense are the two core elements of futurizing. So if I, I do futurizing, you still have to explain a little bit like how that works. Um, what are my benefits? So let's say I'm starting out as a business owner and Arjen is there and he says, well, I can help you with the first steps. What are we going to do? Well, you first have to make, I would nearly say visual that what you are sensing, mm -hmm. like we need to know what your future perspective is. And then the second step is that people see what they believe. So if you can really see your future, you will start believing it. So with the futurizing, you make, make sure that you see it, then your internal dialogue will believe it. And then I will help you to verbalize it because faith comes by hearing. So your eyes listen in that case and your mouth starts to speak it, then your ears will hear it again. And that's what neuroscience says. That's how new neuropathways are used and made stronger. And the more you repeat them, you will change your belief system by that your behavior and by that your results. In that's in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. So the only the only thing I need to do is actually help you see and then help you to believe what you see. How do you help people see? Is that with serious play? With the with the Lego serious play, I definitely can help you to build what you sense. And then the result, well, is tangible and you see it. So you literally can hold it in your hands. And when we do it on a business level, it is like three by three meters, like 10 square feet of future perspective. And you can walk around it so you can change your own perspective. And by explaining to yourself and the other participants to themselves, we explain it to each other in the group and we all have the same image, which, which is the Lego bricks, mm -hmm. which is a big metaphor. And by talking about it, the whole process of seeing is believing, faith comes by hearing is just executed. The side effect of having built it before also includes our touch, another sense. There has been quite some, some research on it, but they say that normally a change of think patterns takes about 100 repetitions. Mm -hmm. But when you've built it and you discuss it together, you can reduce it to under 10 Inter, uh, iterations before behavior patterns are changed. So it's very strong by just activating all the senses in this, this process. And the Lego is just a very funny, colorful tool that sticks on each other. So it's, it's really silly if you think about it. You build a model based on a question that sounds easy, but you can't answer. So I will just say the, the, the funny line, trust your hands, the bricks communicate to you. Which is what they do. Colors stand out, shapes stand out. You just connect it. It becomes a metaphor. Your neighbor does the same or your business partner. And then you start connecting the bricks that has meaning because you just explained what they meant. Mm -hmm. So they have meaning. And by connecting it to each other, there's something very powerful happening that goes beyond team building. You are just adding your perspective to someone else's perspective and you see the interdependability between the two and that accelerates things in our imagination, in our understanding, but also in our trust and our confidence. And that's just one of the most amazing things to facilitate. I can imagine. It must be so much fun. If the group of people that will be at your table and you give them this assignment and they, they can start playing and basically futurizing. Yeah, I think that's amazing. So 
what would you recommend to someone who's alone, like starting their business alone? Would you recommend them to like get get the Lego or get something creative or markers, pens, pencils, I don't know, and start making something visual? That is definitely, yeah, yeah. I, I run challenges where I just take people through this boardroom process on an individual basis. And then, and actually it is through questions and placing yourself in an imaginary context that you disconnect from your current setting. And just for the ease of words, we call it, we place you in a different mental space. And by using this mental space, you just start to use your creative tools. Well, Legos is, I think, the most powerful one that I know. But some people start singing spontaneously and reveal their future. Others draw, others put old tools out of the, the garage and the kitchen and start to put them in a different order and start to review things. And, and I've called this process Ria after my mom. So actually, I help you with the question to reveal something new to yourself. So that's the R, I guess. Which is the result, is the R, which is the result of the, the question in, into a product that you created with your creative tools. Could be a painting, could be a sketchboard, could be a Lego model. I don't like vision boards. Because? Well, because vision boards, you make an idea in your head and then you're going to look for a picture that fits the idea you have in your head. I always want to do it the other way around. I, don't, I want you to have a product and then your head says, what's this? So I actually want the head out of the equation and want the heart and the spirit to do the work mm -hmm. and then the head catch up at the end. So that's why I don't like a vision board because you're going to search for something uh, specific. You could do the same thing wrong with Lego. Then you think, I need this brick. Now the brick is there and the, the brick says, take me, take me. And then you add it and you think, what's this? And you give it meaning. Yeah. You give it meaning. And so that's the interpretation. That's the eye of what you have created. And then the A is actually the application. Can I put this new discovery, this, this learn? Actually, it's the whole same process as learning. So I have an encounter with something new. I have an experience that I start to understand. Okay, now I put it into action. And what was so the, the I? I, I might have missed it. There's revelation, interpretation, Inter application. Ria. My first goal as a futurist, I want people to start living to understand who they can become. So develop a mindset. Of course, we've called it the future mindset of pursuing with passion and purpose who you can become. And that is actually the most valuable perspective. If you start understanding who you can become, you can start adjusting your actions to fit that new future identity. And by that, you create it. And, and I've heard before that sometimes you just have to live as if you're already there. Not saying like in, in wild terms, for example, well, uh, you want to be a millionaire and, and you're going to spend your money as a millionaire. I don't think that's what you mean by being thinking about your future person to begin with. But I totally understand that. Okay, if you, for example, uh, in my case, if you want to be a writer, start writing every day. That's what a writer does. Like You can think of being a writer, but if you're not there, if you want to write a book that's going to change lives, then start writing because you're, yeah. else you're never going to be there. So you have to act on it. And that's just a very small example. I'm sure you manage way more complex situations. Yeah, but it's the same ground rule. And actually that goes back to the fact that 
your current situation connects your current action and your connect uh, your current identity. So n- our identity is not wrong. Our identity f- is a fit with our current situation. Our future perspective is a different situation, a different environment. So we our current identity will be the biggest roadblock to get there. Actually, we will sabotage our own future by behaving and staying the same. So we are changing always, every day. And I would not say a better person of ourselves, but the next version of ourselves. Okay, so I can understand who I was yesterday. I can understand who I am today. And actually, I want to understand as much as possible of who I can become. Mm -hmm. And I think looking at it from a Christian or like Bible perspective, basically, I always think about David how he was herding the sheep and then eventually became a king. And I think he he never really knew uh, at some point that he was going to become a king. But I think that's how we can look at our lives, how God thinks about us. And he has placed something in our lives like a plan that we can live out, right? And I think if we're just sitting here, not doing anything, just living our lives, are we listening to that call that God gives us? That's why I called this podcast born to fly because i believe that if you are in sync with god if you pray with him you can look at the future and you can basically see okay this is where you want me to go god get me there what do i need to do how do i need to change what skills do you, did you gave me and and what what do i have to add or what do i have to learn absolutely there's there's it's not a disclaimer but it is it's more like a thing not to do you will not know up front you will not understand it up front Understanding comes at the end and that creates new knowledge, mm-hmm. probably ground rule of innovation as well. <laughs> so if you want to understand what you need to do, or if you want to know what you will get out of it, then I have to say, sorry, those things only meet a uh, fit to repeating yesterday. At the end, it is about changing the dialogue in your head, changing the die, the conversation out of your mouth and start using language that is not yet realized, that fits the future. So it is creative. If we use words from yesterday, it will repeat yesterday. And if we start using words from tomorrow, we will create. So probably everything is already in us. We are equipped with it by birth. So we just have to start unlocking it. Yeah, because I think we stowed it away. That's the problem. We have imagination. We have creativity. We just don't necessarily always know how to use it. Yeah, and that came through uh, actually being embarrassed because we said something unique, personal, yeah. and the rest laughed at us. Maybe age four, five, six. That's when it starts. It I, think, down. I think it's like six or seven. Yeah, and yeah. actually it's interesting to see like we are... It all has to do with learning and... At the age of seven, we learn concrete thinking, added it to our intuitive thinking. Mm-hmm. But instead of stacking it as Lego bricks, we actually replaced it or we are we were asked to replace it. But that's all technical. For, for those who, who, who want to have this experience, just jump in one of the challenges we, we organize every few months and be brave and courageous to jump in. And I love that in the Bible as well. One Joshua 9, I think. I know there's a couple coming up. So do you have information on that? So in September, we run the next Future Challenge. Well, the information is on the website, thefuturechallenge.com. 
And this challenge will be called Own Your Future, which is about developing ownership, leadership around taking your future in your own hands. And in October, we will do another one, which is really about the future perspective and probably in November. So I, I just thought I want to do every month a different one at the end of the year, just to reach as much people, help them to equip, apply it on their own personal life. Business for me is a vehicle. That's funny when you talk to, to entrepreneurs. Like when I started with my own business, I thought this is my thing. You know, this is mine. Mm -hmm. I am going to build a business. Now, nine years in, I start to understand that business is my vehicle to travel towards the future. And it's like a car. So I need to know which car. That's my business. I need to know which people I get in my car that actually pay for my trip. We call that the ideal uh, customer mm -hmm. that pays for themselves and for you. But also, like, I need to understand that it's, it's just a vehicle, mm -hmm. which means that the business is a means and not a goal. And that, that is, for me, that was a, a valuable understanding. In, uh, with hindsight, I thought, oh, I, maybe I could have been a bit more intentional instead of polishing all kinds of things. Like, But that's the learning process we were talking about. You know, we're learning. It's the learning curve. Which is good. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. I invite every listener to just check the website, thefuturechallenge.com and sign up for, for, for a challenge. And in the coming month, I will be posting more info on it. Yeah, I will post a link in the podcast description as well. So people can just click on it and they go straight to the website. Yeah, um, we're running out of time. So, uh, Ariane, I'm, I'm going to give you the last word. Anything you want to say to close off and where we can find more about you? Yeah, well, I've just actually at the beginning and when you introduced me, it is really my motto. Uh, my slogan like creativity is an expression of identity and i just want to say explain that a little bit but also want to encourage everyone that you deserve it to find out who you can become that is the, like that's what god you intended you to be that's the full potential that's there to unlock and creativity is really your superpower and if we are creatives, then we look much more like how we are created by the creator. That's not a play of words, like sons and daughters of the creator. That's who we are. So creativity is our superpower. And it also gives in our unique flavor that everyone has, gives so much impression of who we are. And that's the, the magnet that will attract people. That's the authentic message we carry. That's the unique value we have. So I really want to encourage everyone who's listening to explore on a daily basis where your creativity is hidden so that you can start applying it. And can I just point out that you're not uh, meaning creativity in terms of artistic expression, right? You mean it in a different way. Exactly. Yeah, that was 1967 when Edward de Bono yeah, that the guy with the six thinking hats, the one that it has a breakthrough in science about thinking already said creativity is not artistic expression. Artistic expression is important as well. That's what we actually what we all do with our branding around the business. But creativity is really the imaginary superpower we have in our brain to make connections between things that were never connected before, which leads to radical weird thoughts that open up new doors. Mm -hmm. Could that be God speaking to us? 
I so believe I so. really <laughs> say like, don't put yourself. I always say there, there, there are creative peoples out there. Actually, everyone is creative. So there are no non-creative people out there. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, and you said it yourself, God is a creator. So, and we're created in the image of God. So we are creators. We are creative. All right, Arjen, any other website links you want to mention before I say goodbye to the listeners? Yeah, well, the other one is the businessrevivalists.com. And I run the, those masterminds on a weekly basis where I bring leaders together that actually want to have a safe place to find out what the true voice is that they carry and what the true value is to give expression and discover it. So mm -hmm. people are invited to just do a free trial and experience how such a peer-to-peer -peer coaching group runs. So that's businessrevivalist.com slash mastermind. Then you immediately have the, the, the link as well on the page for the, for the guest session. It runs in Europe and in North America, 9 a.m. in the morning, Friday. So it's on a weekly opportunity for that. Awesome. I can recommend people to do that. All right, Arjan, thank you so much for your time, for sharing everything with us uh, about your work, about creativity, about futurizing. And I hope this will definitely spark something in the hearts and minds of the listeners here on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Born to Fly podcast. If you liked it, please leave a review on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more about Born to Fly, go to borntofly.faith. There you can discover our How to Find Your Calling course and a community for like-minded entrepreneurs. Looking forward to having you back next time.